Hey everyone, what is up and welcome back to the Lifestyle Lifter Show. I'm your host, your online transformation coach, Adrian McDonald, here to help you look, feel and perform better without restrictive dieting. And today I'm interviewing Sarah Butler. Sarah is a food influencer and a best-selling cookbook author. And on today's episode, we dive into everything related to meal prepping. One of the most common challenges people have in the kitchen is just not having enough time. Sarah shares some simple and sustainable strategies that anybody can use to actually dial in their nutrition while working long hours just like she is. She talks about cooking for beginners, how to go from zero to one and actually get started in the kitchen. Something I know myself I definitely need to improve on. And then just finally, time management tips, saving time in the kitchen, what to look out for in your weekly food shop, and so much more. All right, so this was a 45-minute episode. Really, really enjoyable. I felt we could have spoke for much, much longer. But anyways, without further ado, here is this week's episode with best-selling cookbook author, Sarah Butler. I hope you enjoy. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Lifestyle Lifters show. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Sarah Butler. Sarah is a former stationery designer turned best-selling cookbook author. She boasts a following of over 117,000 on Instagram. She's also a busy working mum and she teaches people how to prepare delicious and nutritious meals using nutrient-dense foods. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me on. (laughs) So let's get into it, uh, Sarah. Tell us, how did you actually get into the cooking um, share a bit about your backstory. Um, well, I always loved to cook. Um, was always in the kitchen, up to something. Um, I suppose some people go to the gym. I went into the kitchen, and that's where <laughs> I escaped. But um, I always loved food. We're we're big foodies. It was a foodie house. We we uh, my my mother ran a B and B for years, so there was permanently dinners been made or breakfast been made or, um, because she did do um evening meals as well so there was always food been made and dad would have been big into the bacon and, and the cooking he was a butcher himself um so it was just always always food you know you'd have your breakfast what's for lunch what's for dinner um it was never a case of to eat just for the sake of um fulfilling your appetite it was to eat something nice and tasty and to enjoy it um, so I suppose I'm lucky that I had that upbringing, that food was really important. And it's where we all we all sat down at the dinner table. Um, you know, when we were all there, there were six, six kids. So, you know, when we were all at home, because it, some have gone to college, uh, there's 14 years between the, me and the eldest. So, sure. you know, my memory is that we would have all been around the kitchen table, um, mostly killing each other. But food was the one time that you kind of sat down and uh, and got to chat and enjoy it. So, I, as I said, from from the beginning, it was it was a, and a big part of our family. And as I said, for the enjoyment of the food and. Yeah. So yeah, Absolutely. I think it kind of started from there, really. Yeah, yeah. And with that being said, though, Sarah, you then had a degree, am I right in saying, in graphic design and digital media. So, yes. it, like, why didn't you pursue a career initially in nutrition or what made you even pivot then um, to doing what you're currently doing? Uh, never crossed my mind to do food. Um and even now people say to me oh you should open a restaurant or a cafe I would have absolutely no interest in you know 
dealing with the public really to be completely yeah, honest yeah. I have done in my own business for 17 years and it's such a hard business and I suppose I saw that a little bit at home with the B&B like the kids were very involved you were you were either up cleaning bathrooms or making beds or you were in helping with the food and the serving so I suppose I saw oh, it's not easy like you know people say oh, wouldn't it be lovely to have a cafe but it's very, very hard, especially now. I was always very artistic and creative. That was that was my thing. I, I certainly wasn't academic in school. I, I probably could have been if I tried, but I had no interest. I was doodling, always doodling, drawing, drawing, drawing. Um, so that's what led me to Letterkenny to do, um, sorry, I never silenced the phone, um, to yeah. bring me to do graphic design. Um, so I did my degree up there for four years in graphic design and digital media and I loved it um really enjoyed my time in Letterkenny and then I couldn't get a job when I came out so because of course they all want five years experience so I just set up my own business and it kind of went from there so I was 17 years in that business doing everything from I mean you know when you start out yourself self-employed you just don't know how to say no to anything you take everything on so I was doing van, vehicle graphics, um, big banners, signs, like it's a man's game, really. You see me coming with an eight by four, doing this in the workshop with all the big machines, you know, <laughs> hard work, but I enjoy it. Um, and then I kind of fizzled into narrowing it into the wedding stationery. As the kids came along, it's harder. You know, we'd be out, I was lucky. My husband helped me a lot, so... You'd be out doing window graphics with the two kids in the car at night, yeah. you know, up on the side of a footpath on Main Street in the freezing cold. Wow. So we just kind of went into the wedding stationery because it was a little more, a bit more female accessible, I suppose, and you could do Yeesh. it more from home. Smaller things, not eight by four signs and vehicle graphics and cherry pickers. So I was specializing in that for seven years and that was going really well. I'd won lots of awards in it. Um, yeah, and then COVID hit and everything changed. Wow. Okay. So tell us, so the pandemic hit, you obviously you were, you were specializing in the graphic design for the wedding, for weddings. Your business obviously took a, a bit of a hit. Yes. Uh, well, weddings just, you know, it was a case of your Irish wedding was 300 plus and then they're told, oh, you can only have 50 and then you yes, can that's right. five and then there was six um, and you could have the invites designed, printed, ready to go. And then you get the call to say it's been cancelled and you're kind of going, oh, can't really turn around and charge her. Her whole wedding has been cancelled. So you're left with boxes and boxes of printed stuff. Yeah. Of euros each. Um, and not only that, you know, it was it was really hard having to talk to the brides because, you know, their, their wedding day was cancelled. Right. So that in itself was emotionally very difficult um while my business had just splattered against a wall wow. and I couldn't control anything there was nothing yeah. I could do um so that was that was really tough and as I said if there was anything you could do I'd have done it to get back going but there was nothing it was completely no there's no weddings so that was it it was a case of you just kind of have to wait and see. And then they they allowed a certain amount and then they'd cancel that. And people were waiting on dates, you know, they'd have an yeah. announcement. Oh, say February 27th is the next announcement. So you're there waiting with, with 20 sets of invites ready to press print. And then it goes to six. I mean, you can't sustain a business with six invitations as opposed yeah. to 
400 would have probably been my average. Wow. Uh, so I suppose it, it, it's every cloud. Um, it, it allowed me more time to cook. And, and and what was your instinct then, Sarah? You know, obviously the weddings are no longer, you know, six people. As you said, my sister actually got married. There was 50 at hers in July 21, which still isn't a lot of people in the grand scheme of things. How did you just make that kind of switch to go into doing what you're currently doing now? Was it a long process? Was it just something that was instinctive for you? You know, because that takes a lot of just overcoming a lot of adversity, really, and stress. Uh, yeah, no, it, it was pure pox luck, <laughs> to be honest. Um, the very we're from the very beginning, it, it all just kind of happened and flowed. Um, I'm a big believer in fate, um, but that's certainly... Absolutely. Um, made me believe in it even more so I had my business page on Instagram for my wedding invitations so I'd be putting my pictures up and my designs and whatever else and it just stopped so I had to create some sort of content to put out there so I had posted a picture of a lemon meringue pie and at the time everybody was just at home in lockdown couldn't leave our houses so everybody was it was great because you have that audience there um, and they asked would you mind sharing the recipe so you know, I said, great, I'll do, I'll do a video on it. So I did the video on it. <laughs> uh, that was, I think, kind of October 2020. That'd be right. Yeah, uh, yeah. And yeah, it just kind of blew up from there. And I suppose as I was pottering about doing my kitchen stuff, I'd put a little video up or, you know, little tips or try this if you're cooking this or when I'm doing this, I try that. And people just really, um, I thought everybody knew this stuff. I, I kind of always thought sure, everybody knows how to cook. Everybody knows that, but they didn't. Yeah. So that was great for me. And it just kind of went from there. And wow. people asked me then, will you show us how to make this or whatever? It just snowballed from there. And so going, going on from that then, because you, you obviously mentioned that you, you just presumed that a lot of people had like all of this <laughs> background knowledge of cooking, but obviously you, you should never really take Andy for granted. What do you feel then, Sarah, are some misconceptions that people actually have around cooking? Uh, that it's hard um <laughs> i'm it, definitely one of those <laughs> uh, it's like anything um it'd be like me putting in the putting me in the middle of a gym now i wouldn't have a clue what to do i would be terrified i'd do something wrong or people would laugh at me or i'd make a mess of it exactly the same with food people are nervous they're not sure um especially around things like meat they don't like touching it they don't know how long yeah. they can but afterwards, is it safe to eat it? Can I reheat it? If I reheat it, will I will I die? <laughs> you know, uh, it says this date. What does that mean on the label? So I think people are a little bit nervous and don't have the confidence. And it's practice. It's, it's all practice. I mean, I was terrible at baking. And it was just from practicing that I got that bit better. And I think that's why I can answer absolutely every question you have on food because I've made absolutely every mistake. I know why yeah. that cake didn't rise. I know why that tasted funny because I've made all those mistakes. So it's just about practice. And I think keeping it simple, it can be a little bit scary when you're introducing ingredients that you've, you've never heard of or you've seen in the supermarket, but you don't have a clue how to even begin to cook it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I mean, I'm not a trained chef, so I'm not claiming to be in any way, shape or form an expert. I'm very traditional food. I don't have a microwave. I don't have an air fryer. I don't have a kettle. I have a range. Uh, I don't have time. You know, I've got two kids in a business. I know it's my job to do food, but I understand people's struggles with time. 
they want to eat well, but they're just not sure how to even put the meal plan together. Or if so I what, have... what time management tips there, sorry to cut across it, would you yeah. give to, to working professionals or people like you who don't have a lot of time, but they still want to put something nice together? Yeah, well, I always say, um, and it's like anything, it's like me going to the gym. I'd, I'd love to be able, I'd love to go to the gym, but I just um, would sooner go off out for a walk. I'm fairly lucky that I don't need to yet. Um, but if I did, I know I'd be told, Sarah, you have to put the time in. You have to yeah. take the time and do the time in the gym. And I, I'm just using that as a comparison that you can relate to. So <laughs> I always say to people, you know, take the time on a Sunday evening or, you know, before your food shop and sit down and go, okay, Monday's mental. Wednesday's mental and Thursday's mental. Tuesday yeah. and Friday aren't too bad. So on the crazy busy days, you're not going to have time to be chopping vegetables and making a fancy dinner. So on those days, you know, you can do like a slow cook or a stir fry or something quick. Mm -hmm. um, or you can batch cook on the days that are quieter or at the weekends. So put like a big pot of bolognese on or make a shepherd's pie, meatballs, even just to prepare the meat and the veg maybe the night before. So, okay, it's a chicken stir fry tomorrow. Before I go to bed, I'm going to cut the chicken breasts into strips and have them in the fridge in a container. I'm gonna chop up my peppers, my onions and everything and have them in a container, take the dishes out, clean the kitchen. So when I come home from work tomorrow, I just fry off the chicken, add in the yeah. veg and then whatever sauce, have the rice soaking when you get in the door oven bake if you don't have time i'll often throw some chips like chop up the spuds into chips soak them and just throw them in the oven get the homework done with the kids the chips are done you know as opposed yeah. to waiting for a pot of spuds to boil if we're back out the door for you know gaelic or boxing or whatever with the kids uh not me i'm not boxing or doing gaelic the kids are <laughs> that's my excuse katie, katie taylor 2.0 <laughs> <laughs> keeping me fit bringing them to sports um but on those days you know I'll I'll try and, and have like a slow cook on I have a slow cook on today because we're we're out the door this evening quick um yeah. and dinner done so just to take the time either at night or get up 10 minutes early in the morning and 10 minutes without kids or phones just focusing on what's for dinner and it really does and write it down write down the seven yeah. dinners because you know yourself you'll do your food shop and yeah in with your list don't go in without a list and don't shop hungry because you'll buy a load of junk <laughs> we all do that uh, but come home and put your shop away nice take everything out of your plastic it's it's a little bit like for a woman i related to when you clear out your wardrobe and you hang everything up nice and you can see everything and you go in then you're like okay I, I can see now what i'm going to wear today whereas if your wardrobe is a mess you're like oh i can't even i don't even know where to start so if your yes. fridge Heidi, you go in and you're proud of it. What's the meat? And I'll have this. Oh, I forgot I had them. I can see them now in that container. Lovely. And you also, you know, list your seven or your five or whatever amount of dinners you do. And don't be hard on yourself. If you want to just go from being absolutely useless to one planned meal a week. So yeah. if six of them are terrible and one of them is good, that's brilliant. And maybe next week, go too. But list those dinners on your fridge. It's grand Monday and Tuesday, but come Wednesday, you're going, oh, it was meant to be on Wednesday. Come okay. Thursday, yeah. oh, we might get a takeaway. Tired now after the week. So pin them up where you can see them. Uh, so when you get up in the morning, 10 minutes earlier, you're going, okay, it is whatever, pack of fries for dinner. I need to 
peel the chips and do X, Y, and Z. And when you come home, then it's the pride in it that you're going, that's done now, I've made that effort. And yeah. psychologically, it's not such a big ordeal then because you've done a little bit already. Gotcha. Yeah, I love that idea. So just map out the meals for the week, deciding the ingredients, and then you're going to the supermarket, you get whatever is necessary, store it, place it, make it nice and make it nice and tidy. But tell me then, Sarah, obviously going to the supermarket now, there is no shortage of um there's obviously no shortage of food there. And you know, without saying some foods are good and some foods are bad, what would you say are some things just to look out for when you are doing that weekly food shop in terms of added ingredients? And whatnot. Yep. Um. For me, I'll always base. Um. I don't know. Is it that? Is it the, my father was fourth generation butcher. I don't know. Is it bred into me to start everything with meat? <laughs> so yes. I always yeah. meat first. Um. But obviously, if you're a vegetarian or whatever, um. Like if you're buying two pounds of mince, and I, I've, I know I've always said this, but I always think that if you can have one new person that's come across um me or finds me on your podcast, it will yes. help. Two yeah. pounds of mince. Um you know split it in half make four burgers for a busy day and make a bolognese for uh, another day a pound of mince is about 10 euros in your local butchers um try and think of it that way or if you can get like sometimes you'll get eight chicken breasts in a pack you might only need three you know think what can i make with those others maybe just pop them in the oven with some herbs and spices for sandwiches for lunches but sorry back to the supermarket if you are buying ginger for a recipe or chilies or something that you generally wouldn't use every day um you can freeze that you can freeze almost everything okay. um, yeah and it's really handy for a day that you might come in like my, my husband will say there's nothing in this house for dinner like there's nothing i couldn't make a single thing because <laughs> you don't know how i do it you know this is here, <laughs> this is here and you know he'll go how do you yeah. make that from what's in the fridge because i know what i have frozen the gingers frozen the baby corn peppers that's stir fry lemongrass stuff you're not going to use every day so just to reduce your food waste if you're buying um i don't know butternut squash for a recipe yeah and you only need a small piece you know make a soup out of it the rest uh so freezing is a great thing and there's an awful lot in my books on what you can freeze um yeah what else dig deep back into the back of the presses in the supermarket so you get a good long shelf life um you know generally they'll have the 14th of february at the front but if you look back and i know supermarkets will hate me for this but if it's all about consumers saving money and reducing food waste you go back a little you'll see especially in fresh things like absolutely um, bread you you might get an extra few days or another thing that's what i do is i I live in the country so i kind of need to have my my reserves uh, you tend to go into the shop and buy a loaf of bread and come out with a basket and 70 quid spent. So for <laughs> the likes of the bread and the milk and things that you're popping in and out for, buy a good few of them and again, freeze them. So I always have about four or five loaves of bread frozen because no I know if, if I go to the shop, I'll come home with stuff I don't yeah. eat, you know, uh, especially with the cards because it's tapping and you don't feel like you're spending money. If I think if we went back to the cash, yes. it would be a lot carefuler with what we're spending uh, an awful lot of the own brand ranges and supermarkets are identical to the branded so definitely mm-hmm. try that um a lot of them are actually made in the same the same factories believe it or not uh, they're just wow. labeled. Yeah. yeah um and have a list have a list and if you say okay i have a big bag of carrots here i'm only using three 
as I said, make a soup or think of something else that you can use with that. Get yeah. your veg into your bolognese and stuff. Um, try and get as much veg into your dishes as you can. Yeah. You see a lot of dishes and there's absolutely no veg in them. They're just um, meat and carbs. So even if it's just a side salad, if you have a load of salad in the fridge, just have a side salad. Bulk it up. Yeah. Just use yeah. what's there, you know. Um, and Sarah, I know the way you mentioned, obviously you start with the protein and the meat and you... Do you specifically just get your meat in butchers or is there, let's just say for the listener now, is there anything quote unquote wrong with, we'll say going to Super Value or Tesco or Aldi and just getting one of those, you know, three chicken fillets in a Ballymaloe packet there? What are your thoughts on that? Um, personally, and this is me and I am in no way educated or trained, um, but just me for my own preference in flavour. I will buy corn-fed chicken and I will buy my red meat uh, in the butchers. Now, I'm very lucky. My local super value has a butchers in store. Sure. Um, yeah. I tend not to buy um, the, the, the packets and I'm sure they're absolutely fine and they're perfect. But I know I have bought them before where they're in the packet. It amazes me how they can stay red, the meat, for so mm. long. I know I buy a pound of mince and it will be brown within a day. So yeah. that worries me. And I just, I know from the texture and the taste and the smell yeah. that it's not as nice as butcher meat that he will mince straight from cut in front of me. Yeah, I know it's just meat in there. Um, as I said, totally each to their own, but that's just my preference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sarah, there's a, there's a farmer's market here in town for us. And there's a guy who sells fish in the, on the, in the square every Friday. And when you compare like a fresh fillet yeah. of salmon or hake or pangasis or something from yeah. him, or as you take it out of the oven, it's fallen. Like it, yeah. you, you couldn't lift it up. It's breaking apart. It's so yeah. fresh versus, you know, yeah. just will say your fish that you might get in a package in center or something. Still, it, yeah. it's quite nice. But as you said, there's no comparison. Yeah, well, that's it. And it's, it's you just have to be so careful of how things are labeled. Um. You know, even down to your sausages. Um, I, I use the Jack and Eddie sausages. They're they're only over the road in Westport. Um, the O'Malley right. family. I've worked them a lot. Um, but I always bought their sausages. But their sausages are eighty percent pork. Now you'll see on a lot of packages, hundred uh, percent Irish pork. People immediately think there's a hundred percent pork in that. No, it's a hundred percent. It's not. A, it's not a Spanish pig that's in your sausage. It's an Irish <laughs> pig. But it's not a hundred percent. Turn it around, you see fifty percent pork. Yeah, that's why yeah. when you fry that and it's just full of fat, mm. um, and it's pink. It's 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 bright pink. Um, you know, and I know there's an issue with the whole cost of living, and it's easy for me to say I buy corn fed chickens. I would sooner buy corn fed, and I mean even to buy a corn fed chicken breast and compare it to what you can get very cheap. It's frightening. Again, it goes back to the color, the, the amount of yeah. water that comes out of it. I would sooner not eat meat. And that's me saying a wow. lot. If, if I had to, because I would go, what's in this? Even the label, and there was an issue there last year where there was a, a guaranteed Irish label on it. The, the cow was, um, it was skinned in Ireland and processed. So basically this carcass of a cow comes in from another country and okay. they had a label um, guaranteed Irish. They were allowed to do that and that shouldn't be allowed. And this is something mm. that really annoys me because they're pulling the wool over people's eyes. They had a guaranteed Irish label on that. 
that cow was not an Irish cow. We have the highest standards of checking and processing when that animal goes from farm to plate with um, yeah. all the antibiotics that's put into them, how long they've had a clear system from antibiotics before they're, they're processed. Um, and that was a big thing that came up last year. So this basically carcass, they, they get them in from other countries because they're cheaper and they will chop them up in Ireland and be allowed to put a guaranteed Irish sticker on that. Whereas if I go into my butcher and the butchers are, are they're going to be died, they're going to die out and we're not going to know what we're eating. And that's where I'm so, again, so passionate about saying to people, go to your butcher. Uh, I know I do a lot of work with Super Value, but I will go to the in-house butcher there. Yeah. Even then, yeah. you know, because uh, I go to my butcher and I can see on the blackboard, he's written up, this is batch from Johnny up in Galway, his farm. Mm. Um, and that's that side of it then there's the side of the taste and the way i look at it is you're going to be paying that back in medical bills wow you're unreal stuff that you don't know what's going into your body yeah. if you're an animal that has had an injection that's that's allowed in that country but you don't know the effects that that's having on our biology as people why i mean i was only up visiting a friend of my mum's in galway hospitals are spilling out the door with people that are sick and young people and i don't know i, I do believe your diet it really affects your health then that you implement into your own daily lifestyle you know do you have three four meals a day snacks in between what would that typically look like for you um breakfast will generally be um porridge if i'm have the time so i'll have i'll make a porridge with oats not a quick pot or any of these magical jars that you can get, just oats and milk, full fat milk. Everything is full fat, full fat butter, full fat milk. Uh, there's no intolerances here. So, you know, we're lucky, but I don't do semi-skimmed. I do believe that if you have full fat in moderation, you are sustained and your appetite is, is happy. So it'll be porridge or else I'll have maybe brown bread with, um, some scrambled egg, uh, maybe some bacon, tomatoes, avocado. Um, then lunch will generally be a sandwich. I'll try and make brown bread so that I'm I'm eating my own brown bread. But you know yourself, it might be a wrap or a sandwich. Again, salad, ham salad, chicken salad, and then dinner will be um just normal dinner. Whatever's like, on the menu. Whatever's on the menu, it's it's meat, veg, buds. You know, whether the spuds are mashed, wedges, uh, or maybe some rice, noodles. It's it's very much a traditional Irish house here. And, and if one doesn't like lasagna, I'll make a burger out of that little bit of mince that I've kept. You know, I have one that isn't into the mushy things like shepherd's pie or lasagna, but I try to use the same ingredients. Um, so I'll keep a little mince aside and make a burger. I'll keep a little of the same veg aside and I'll just have that separate and then she'll have the spuds. So it's it's ultimately the same ingredients, um, just cooked separately. And I have tried everything, but it won't happen yet. And I'm <laughs> better. But uh, you yeah. might sneak it in here and there. Yeah, but I, I don't massively snack. Uh, very active. I think if you're active and you're busy and you're not sitting around, um, you don't really have time to be thinking about snacking. Um, yeah. you know, and yeah, I'll have a can of coke the odd time, or I'll have a bag of crisps. But I do find immediately you know if you're eating crisps like for example when we were in lockdown or you know yourself if you're on holidays like you can feel it in your body straight away your skin is bad you're bloated Absolutely. You're, you're 
digestion is out the window so I don't know I suppose I listen to my body a lot and I'm kind of going mm, probably not the best for doing that all the time so yeah, yeah. fairly normal yeah. diets there, there are some of my telltale signs as well, Sarah. I will know if my dye was quote unquote off if if I'm getting spots in my nose or on my or on my face there. It's yeah. usually an indication I had something that was, you know, fat fried or something like that from potentially yeah. a takeaway or else too high in sugar. And you don't feel good. And you're probably the same because you're just so accustomed to cooking some good, healthy, nutrient dense meals there. Tell me just um before we kind of wrap things up. For for someone who is going, we'll say, starting out, mm-hmm. who, who hasn't a whole lot of experience cooking in the kitchen, who wants to go from just zero to one, what are what's some advice that you would give them? Um, keep it very simple. Uh, go with the likes of, you know, the traditional people like Delia Smith, um, any of the Allens, Adrena Allen, Rachel Allen, their recipes are very normal. Um, obviously, my cookbooks would be a massive help. We'll, we'll talk about that at the end. Absolutely. Um, I'll just make small <laughs> steps, small steps, um, and just learn. Go on Google, go on uh, YouTube, and learn you know how you can add like my big thing is adding flavor whether it's uh, herbs or spices and you know if you're making a white sauce for a lasagna you don't need to spend six euros on the jar it is simply butter flour melted and then you whisk in your milk and if you want to add flavor you have a little bit of nutmeg uh, in a jar that you have in your press um, and mm-hmm. salt and pepper if you have bay leaves you can buy them dried add that in let it simmer that's it. It'd probably cost you about 50 cents if you were to break it all down. And that's another great way to make savings. And that basis of that sauce um, will go with a pasta, add in cheese. That's your cheesy sauce for like a macaroni and cheese. Um, and just learn. It's like anything. How, how do you get good at anything? You have to, it doesn't just come overnight. You have to just practice and keep it simple. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, my my sister Sarah, she did Marie, she did home economics in school. So when I was in primary school, one of the dishes they had to cook and practice was chicken curry. So she kind of got me from zero to one. I remember I was yeah. cooking up like just a nice little dish there, but it was something that, that really did stick with me. And I even brought it with me to, to college when you move away from home. So I can definitely resonate with that, Sarah. What would you say are just some essentials that everyone should have in the kitchen? Then? Um love my spuds we always have potatoes here i love that they're so versatile you can make so many different yeah and color always eat color so you know in my fridge i'll have you know lettuce tomatoes um broccoli spring onions um green beans like you can have a salad or you can have a stir fry and there's lots of things you can make from that so lots of color lots of fruit to snack on um and then just i don't buy crazy cuts of meat it's it's either mince or chicken or stew and beef um you know carrots onions garlic things like that if you have them you can kind of make make anything nice spices and herbs that kind of thing uh in the book i go through things that you can freeze that you can have um but i think if you have everything there nicely you know put away even down to the bacon ingredients you know i have these containers so i have a double press and i can see everything i can see what i have i'm not rooting in the back of a press looking for all oh, that flour and i don't have enough for do yes. we have caster sugar Um, it just makes it more appealing to go and make some bread yeah. and you just grab six containers and put them on the island and you don't have flour everywhere and you know what you have and they're fresh 
So yeah, I'm not going to be bringing any crazy ingredients into this one. Um, just normal stuff and just practice and try different things. You know, say, oh, like people will say to me, oh, I didn't have such an ingredient for that recipe, Sarah. Can I try this ingredient? And I always say, of course you can. Or if you don't like mushrooms, take them out. Um, sure. They're not essential. I'm not going to blow up if there's mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Don't for be sure. afraid. I find a big fear. People are very nervous and afraid. Um, oh, no, what will happen? So you have to learn, as I said earlier, that's how yeah. I, I probably answer every question because I've made every mistake. Um, you know. What are it. some some frequently asked questions you actually get along, uh, just in general, Sarah? A big one with the freezing and defrosting. That's a, a, a yeah. very talk to one. us. Yeah. Okay, so let's just say you've made a um chicken curry, for example, uh, and I'll always say to people, make extra so you'll have that for a lunch during the week or whatever. Yes. Or freeze it. Um. So if you have that and you you're you have two portions of it left, so you want to like. Just don't put it into the freezer, pipe and hot, maybe give it 20 minutes. It can go in warm into like a glass container that's oven proof. That way you can get it straight back into the oven when you want to reheat it. And I would always defrost overnight in the fridge. Uh, I, I personally don't defrost from frozen. I know you can and some people do. So you take it straight from the freezer into the oven. I rather take it out the night before, leave it in the fridge and then... Yeah in the oven and um, but once that's heated you can't reheat that again so oh, they say again yeah so they say i have done it and i'm still here to tell the tale but <laughs> if i was to be correct Best practice say, you yeah. shouldn't reheat something that's been cooked more than once um yeah and that's generally it with the freezer or the, the whole meat thing you know a cooked chicken will keep two to three days in the fridge that's where it's great for sandwiches. If you're throwing a chicken on for a roast chicken dinner, throw an extra one on. You have that then for meat, for sandwiches. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, great idea. And you're eating this chicken that's in a big plastic vat for God knows how long. It looks, well, um, you have your own chicken there. Save the money, you're eating something better. Um, and do the same. I have a ham there. I made threw that in this morning. So I have a big uh, fillet of ham there. I'm going to make a quiche. I have loads of meat for the kids' lunches up till now to today. They're finished. Uh, quiches, volivans, sandwiches. I think mm. anyone who has a husband at home, there's always somebody hungry. So yeah, it's handy. Absolutely. That'll keep for four days in the fridge. <laughs> so, uh, red meat will keep for maybe two, three days as well. So a yeah. ham will last longer. But yeah, it's and look at use your kind of instinct as well. Smell it. Usually, yeah. before they have best before dates, we just have to smell things and uh, absolutely you know if it's off. Put it that way. Yeah, yeah. I caught, I got caught once. All right, with a steak, <laughs> I took it out from the freezer, I cooked one of the fillets the following day, and then cooked the second one two days after. But oh, <laughs> I should have cooked them both on yeah. the on the on the day after. So uh, I could definitely I I I learned from my own mistakes too, Sarah. Just before yeah. we wrap up, Sarah. You have a lot going on. You obviously will talk about the, your your books now. We'll talk about your brand in general. Um, you're obviously you have a podcast of your own. You're doing the social media, and and of course as well, you're you're a busy mum. How do you avoid? How do you keep it all going, Sarah? And, and how do you avoid like just completely burning yourself out? Um, I suppose you have to prioritize um what you're doing. Um, I would be a worker. I'm terrible. I'm always at something. I'm not very good at settling and watching telly. Um, yeah, yeah. I, try and I get can relate. 
you know you know look when you're working for yourself it's very different to go and do a nine of nine to five it's it's you know it's just that's the way it is when you work for yourself you have to manage it it's like you have your babies there's no six months maternity leave it was straight back to work so you're either that way or not I do try and get a walk in every day on my own uh listen to a podcast um you'll have days where you just and I think it's when it's a creative thing that you do which is what I do with with food and the books and you're creating all the time you do have days where you just it's like a block and you're just you can't no matter how hard you try those days you're just gonna have to throw the phone in the corner and forget about it and just take a break you have to know when to take a break and when to walk away and and kind of do what you could be pulled in every direction you know I'm every day I'm I'm getting messages you know will you you do this fundraiser will you do this podcast will you do this will you come here will you do that you wouldn't get a day's work done for yourself, you know? So you have to kind of pick and choose what's going to work for you and what's going to work for your brand. There's no point in me going off up the country doing a fashion show when it's food that I'm doing, you know? Exactly, yeah. Um, so yeah, and I, I think the fact that I was in business for 17 years kind of had a fair idea. You learned a lot. How to work it. Um, so yeah, hopefully I'm doing it right and it seems to be going okay. But like that, it could be gone in the morning. So you have to kind of always have that in your head as well when it's social media and it's all online you know if the internet just stopped working in the morning there'd be a lot of people out of work including me you know yeah yeah and well you've already managed to pivot once there so i've no yeah. doubt you, you'd be able to do it again um I've just before we <laughs> <laughs> is there anything you're you're excited about that you're currently working on sarah uh there is one or two things that i am trying to get working on uh there are things that really aren't in my like the book the book was was well I wouldn't say it was easy but it was in my domain because I designed it myself it was design it was I photographed the stuff myself so it, I could print it myself with my own contacts what I want to do is really not something that I have a notion about so I'm just taking my time and the fact that the past two years have been so crazy with books and busyness there's something telling me this year to just sit sure. and keep doing what you're doing, work away on what you have in your head, because I would be one to jump clean into the deep end, like straight <laughs> in, don't think about it. But something is telling me just to sit and that wouldn't be me at all. So I'm just going with my gut and hopefully everything will just continue to kind of go smoothly as it has done so far. Awesome. Awesome. Sarah, for all our listeners out here, so what are just one to three takeaways you'd like to leave them after listening to this podcast? Um, okay, make a plan. If you want to get good with, with food, just always just take 10 minutes, whether it's on Sunday night for your seven dinners or it's a Wednesday night for the day after the next day. Just take take a little time to think about it. Um secondly have fun enjoy it there's no point cooking something that you don't enjoy so if you really want to learn how to do high food get into youtube get into google you know yeah learn learn practice learn um, doing. and have fun doing it you know if, you, if you're doing something that you enjoy uh it's it's not work you know when you look for i look forward to coming home and making a nice dinner like often my husband will say on a friday or saturday why don't we get a takeaway i'm like well i'm happier in the kitchen you know i enjoy it so enjoy the food and a lot of people say that to me i'm, I'm enjoying food again and making food again it used to be such a chore so enjoy your food um 
And thirdly, you know, don't don't take anything too seriously. Everything in moderation, you know. I'm not here saying don't buy this and don't eat that. A little bit, as my mother used, my grandmother used to always say, everything in moderation, you know, and I think that's something definitely. A little bit of everything. And then, then there's no good and bad and you know, this weekend breakout. You know, yeah. you have a conscience, I suppose. I know if I eat a load of junk, you know, maybe I'm hormonal and I'll horse into a bag of fruit pastilles. I know my head, I'm like, I'm not going to give myself grief about it, but, you know, I'll go for an extra little bit of a walk tomorrow, you know, and I'm going to have a load of spots next week, so I won't be doing that again. But, you know, everything in moderation. Don't be too hard on yourself, you know. Awesome. Awesome. Sarah, I really appreciate you coming on. I really appreciate your, you just sharing your knowledge here. I really love your content. I love the just real helpful whole food Irish recipes there you're putting out every single day. And for any of our listeners, Sarah, who want to learn more about you and what you have to offer, where is the best place to send them? Um, my Instagram will be the best place. So that is at Sarah Butler at Home Official. And uh, my cookbooks are available on my website. That is sarahbutleratthome.com. I'll post the links to those in the show notes. Thanks so much. Okay, Sarah, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you coming on. And this has been awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on. It actually flew. I can't believe we've been chatting there for three quarters of an hour. Absolutely. Thank you so much. <laughs> Have a great day. Thanks, Sarah.